Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Wing Cup's back in charge. A good car is a good car, and uh, the car I've been driving this year has been the best, uh, the best that I've felt. So couldn't be happier. Tanda keeps the faith. Well, you, you've got to um, you've got to pick your battles. And SP Tools keeps the junior burger. Pretty exciting times, and um, I'm looking forward to the next few years. That's for sure. It's all coming up today. It has the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing: V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The Hamilton 400 proved to be a great race weekend. As the championship leader and defending dual champion Jamie Winkup continued to dominate on that circuit. It was Winkup in his best drive of his life. It's what this sport's all about, just a, a red-hot battle um, and just a continuation on from race two at, uh, at, at Clips of 500. Garth Tander realises that one small mistake is all it takes between success and failure and at Hamilton he made that mistake. A couple of small mistakes through that middle phase of the race, the car wasn't particularly flash then and um, Jamie opened enough, up enough of a gap that um, you know at the end of that second stop he had he was up the road a little bit. James Courtney was happy to be the first of the Fords home, running in third place after a solid performance. On a circuit like this, you're really relying on them making a mistake, and both the guys kept their noses clean. And um, also one that clipped the tyres and put it on a bit of action, so I uh, dialed it down from there and uh, just brought it home. On Sunday and under much better conditions, it was still. Jamie Wincup, who was setting the pace. But for a change, it was Garth Tander on the pole. Here we are now, we're on pole, and we've reversed qualifying, so it'd be really nice to reverse the race results. Wincup. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week for the first time, it's Auto Action's Gary O'Brien. Good uh, Good evening, Gary. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everyone. And from V8X Magazine, which, uh, well, it's on sale now with the FPR Falcons on the cover, and we'll be talking about FPR Falcons throughout this show. It is the one and only Neville Wilkinson. Big Hen Ev, how are you going? All right, guys. Uh, g'day, listeners. Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, the latest one. It's not brand new now, but it's still got the uh, 
calendar on the cover. If people want a fridge magnet with a calendar, a calendar, go and grab it because it's it's not going to be on sale for much longer, actually. And it's not just a uh, calendar; it's a picture frame as well, which you can go ahead and stare at. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to thank uh, Armoral for that one. <laughs> now, Gary, of course, uh, you are normally extremely busy throughout race weekends, looking at uh, all the uh, support races as well as the V8 supercars with your your roles there. But uh, I, I guess. With a Hamilton flyaway race, you have a, a little bit more time up your sleeve to, to look in detail of what's going on on the track. Well, we, I didn't actually go to Hamilton, but, um, yeah, you do see a bit of it on the television and what you, what you see through your contacts uh, gives you a bit of better insight, I think, too. And it just also looking in hindsight at the event after, you, after they all get back about their ratings and all that sort of stuff, it's, uh, it, it is a bit of a, um, a step back from it, actually. Mm, and it gives you a bit of perspective too, doesn't it? It certainly does because that's certainly the the flyaway meetings don't seem to create the interest in Australia as the local ones do. And that's the thing, Nev. Uh, whilst the flyaway meetings do serve a, a purpose, uh, ratings at home on the television through Oztam have not been as flattering as what uh, V8 supercars probably would be hoping. Uh, well, not as good as what Channel 7 would be hoping. It's probably more the, uh, the, 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 the best way to put it. Um, one thing about... See, I didn't go to uh, New Zealand as, as well. I see Queensland then. I didn't go to New Zealand as well. Um, I, because I'm on deadline, I stayed home. And but, and, and but it gave me an opportunity to look at it through the fans' eyes. You know, what are the fans seeing? How do they get their information um, you know, because there's more than one way just to television and getting your information and stuff like that. And so, you know, it was good to be able to understand what they go through and stuff like that. Uh, I felt that the ratings, in defence of the ratings, ratings are down everywhere across TV land, but the fact is we thought V8 supercars would be growing or at least maintaining or holding station. This is what V8 supercars are telling us. You know, or we're holding our own, we're doing really well, right? Um, my understanding is the ratings are down across the board for all the channels, but V8 Supercars is not down as much. It's actually so when you talk to, or they call it, uh, there's some other term for their percentage of the market or the televisions, it's a little bit up. But is that enough to appease Channel 7? Because in the end, that's what it comes down to, is Channel 7 happy? Because that's the only way, the only way they, they, they're happy is if they make money on these telecasts. Well, everyone I'm talking to in TV land, guys, is saying that 1HD is going to effectively make it a bidding war. And uh, even if the ratings are a little bit down, 1HD want V8 supercars on their platform, which uh, hopefully for V8 supercars means they'll see the, uh, the revenue stream from the television be uh, as good as what it was in the last ratings period or in the last uh, licensing go-round. Well, you're Going saying... On... Sorry, sorry, sorry Nev, you're saying... You yeah, you're saying it was a. Um, you're saying that was. You saying this is a good or a bad thing? I'm saying so. this is a great thing because uh, you you want to have two people who are actively out there bidding. Now, if Channel Seven pull a pin, then One HD get it for a for you know a bargain basement price. If Channel Seven are the only ones there, they'll naturally get it for a bargain basement price. If Nine and Ten aren't interested. So are we, are we are naturally assuming that just one's going to go for it? Well, or have you, got, have you got people within the television industry who are saying one's going to go for it? Certainly the people I'm talking to are talking 
Yeah, but the people one. I talk to or the person around the corner, do we know for a fact that one's going to actually do this? Or are we well, just you, assuming? You don't know for a fact that they're going to do it until well, the tender... Well, I bet uh, you David tender, White does. I uh, bet you David White knows. Until the tender process opens. Yeah, well, yeah, but David White at Channel 10 doesn't have to wait for the tender process. He can start getting all his troops in a row and, and go for it before then. So when the tender process does, bang, they're straight in there. Um, we're all assuming... This is the thing. Yeah. I think you know, a lot of it, a lot of it's come on on the back of uh, the, the Melbourne Formula One ratings on One HD, which were um, the best that they've ever had. And I think there's been a lot of talk since then. I don't think there's anything officially put into place, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, and this is this is the thing. I mean, V8 supercars are definitely hoping that One do do that. I mean, of course, they'd love a bidding war. They'd love a bidding war between three free channels with all of, you know, this free to airs and free view and all this kind of stuff. It's great. I mean, and I think one would do a great job. And I'm not saying that I don't want one. I mean, you know, I think one would do a really good job. Ten really did a good job in their days. And um, I think Channel 7 is still haven't really kicked the telecast on. They've just really emulated what Channel, Channel 10 were doing. Uh, there may be a few little things, but other than that, uh, they're just a network that has a really... They've probably got higher ratings than, than 10 and now 1, so you can command more. Remember, it's the ratings of the station that commands how much it gets paid. Mm. And 10, I'm was, 10 never had the ratings at 70. No, no, and I, I understand these issues, but I, I think what we have to look at is we, no matter who we go with, um, unless it's Channel 9, whose regional network is independent... You are going to have problems in places like Tasmania in, in some regional parts of Australia where um, 10 and 7's regional carrier is a joint one and there's not the uh, three commercial licences in all these areas. And, uh, Do you get one well, in the regional areas? Well, anywhere, not, the, not all areas. A, where, anywhere where digital television hasn't rolled out yet, you don't have one. Because this is, a, this is a fairly big issue for V8 supercars. They want to be able to get to everybody, and they probably felt that they were probably going to get to more people with seven. That's definitely how they touted it. Um, they were going to get to more areas, um, be serviced, because V8 supercars commercially have to think of two things. Sure, the money. The money's great, and teams want the money. But also, to expand the sport and grow the sport, you've got to get to the more areas. You've got to open up to markets. And they talk about opening up to new markets. This is why they got pink. So if the cars go with one, and one isn't in as many regional areas as seven, they just totally went for the money. They didn't, you know, no matter what they say, whatever doublespeak they say, that they're not expanding their market. Mm. Well, I wonder if there's a... But there's a possibility that also you've got to take into consideration that with their high-definition channels that there is a little bit of program sharing happening and maybe there might be an avenue down that way in the future that on the standard definition you might have it on one channel and on another channel in high definition. Yep, and of course uh, you've got to remember that digital television rolls out. Uh, it, it will be guaranteed in every centre, in every um, part of the country in about 2012 and this is when we're talking about the new license. Correct. So Correct. by 2012, digital television will be in every corner of Australia. Which and that means is one the, will be in every household. And that means one's in every household. So the free view that you're seeing, all those ads are talking about the uh, eventual 2012 where it's rolled out 
completely across the country. And, in fact, the analogue system is turned off and that bandwidth is going to go to television and uh, other multimedia-type um, uh, type organisations with Wi-Fi and things like well, that. Well, you might so. find that the, this, the, the uh, digital system is actually going to uh, be good for V8 supercars. Well, and the reason why I say that is it gives the stations more... Say, more um, avenues to put their their content on. So, because you know how these at the moment there's a bit of the clash between the AFL and the eight supercars. Well, this is well, what Tasmanian viewers other... are complaining about. Pardon? This is what the Tasmanian viewers are complaining about. I'm That's sure right, but you now received the emails as channels, well. If you've got the digital channels. Right, you could have an AFL game on one channel, and you can have V8 supercars on another channel, like seven, seven, and seven two. If you wanted to do that. Yep. You might remember some years ago when Ten had to telecast that uh, uh, at Eclipse, or you would have been there, Nev, that uh, mm-hmm. they actually ran multiple channels of V8 supercars um, in Adelaide, and we had like a pit reporter walking around the whole time. At another occasion, on another channel, in cars continually, mm-hmm. and then what the public was seeing was on another station again. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. They they were trialling this multi-channel stuff. Um, and I'd like to see more of that. I think I think uh, I think sports fans would love that. Um, and so um, it's definitely something down the track. But whether whether the stations have the budget and the inkling to want to do that more often, who knows? Yeah, you would have thought you a lot of it. Well, that's where ranging up on the outside now is Fox Sports. Fox Sports now have got delayed telecasts of the V8 supercars this year. It goes into uh, a lot of the regional centres where they don't have all the uh, marketplaces. And perhaps with the uh, changing of the uh, siphoning laws towards sports that are, uh, of course, you know, there's certain sport events that are categorised as they can't be only on pay TV, they must be on free-to-air TV. You could find that uh, Fox Sports decides to bid for V8 supercars assuming that all the uh, anti-siphoning laws are out the way. And they do multi-view, they do all these other things, and they know that E8 supercar fans and motorsport fans will pay to watch motorsport. Well, will they? I won't. Um, (laughs) Pay not to have the ads. Yeah, I I won't. I kind of like, um, if it's on on free-to-air, I'll watch it. If it's not on free-to-air, I'm missing it. Because um, I'm not going to pay for t- pay TV just to get some V8 supercar races. All right. Um, the thing is, is it one of the protected sports? It is currently, but those laws are changing, and all sports are up for grabs in the new world order. Are you, what are you sure about that? I know that I've been having discussions with some people about the uh, telecommunication laws. And I know that there. This is why you see three view ads. AFLs in that. AFLs in that. that? NRLs in that. Cricket is in that. You name a sport in Australia. The Melbourne Cup. So hang on. The Melbourne Cup is a protected event. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. So now you're saying that a pay television can take the all AFL and it's not on free to air, or it's got to be a combination. No, at the moment it can be a combination. But yep. it can't be exclusive pay TV. The laws are being reviewed, and over the next six to twelve months, the decision will be made as to whether they will remove the anti-siphoning law. Once that's removed, that means that you You're could have to like pay. You're speaking like that's actually going to happen. I'm pretty sure that the lobbying that's going on at the moment, there's a lot of dollars involved, and there's a lot of bigwigs involved, and they 
you know, they are both pushing their own interests. 7, 9 and 10, through their Freeview campaign, is pushing to keep the siphoning laws in there, to protect their products now from having to bid with um, pay TV. But what do you reckon Rupert Murdoch and Telstra are doing? They're saying, hey, we've got this pay TV platform and we want exclusive access to the things we know people watch. It's a it's a huge it's a huge story and it's well beyond the just the realms of what V8 supercars are doing. I, I can't see pay TV getting getting uh, AFL because I remember when uh, they had AFL, Optus had AFL or C7 or whatever, it flopped because they tried the old uh, pay extra and get all the games and all this thing and it didn't work. It worked for NRL, it just didn't work for AFL. Yeah, and it's working for um, Super 14 as well at it the is, moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. There's plenty more to talk about on the other side of this. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Craig Ravel with Gary O'Brien and Neville Wilkinson. And guys, uh, well, we sort of got stuck on TV for a little while there, but I'm going to pull you back to New Zealand now because uh, one big story coming out of New Zealand was that uh, Frosty has lost, uh, what is it, 68 points. Stephen Richards lost 60 points. Stephen Johnson lost all his points as well because the brakes were on the wrong side of the car in the rear. It's it's an interesting one, Gary, because um, you can think of reasons why you'd do it, but uh, Tim Edwards has come out and said on Big Pond Sport that it's, uh, well, it, if it was doing it for that reason, it's backfired because our brakes overheated anyway. Yeah, well, that's what they're saying. They're saying by um, inverting the rotors onto the opposite side at the back, that they um, induce more heat into the rear brakes and um, you'll hear the commentators at times talk about getting brakes to optimum temperature. Obviously it does that at a quicker rate, but um, overheating would become an issue, especially if you don't have a safety car situation in, in you know, frequent sort of period. Now, Nev, I could understand teams doing that in the shootout, but for a race I'm finding it hard to uh, fathom, but... it. With no testing to be able to try these things, I guess uh, you have to take and bite the bullet in a race if you are deliberately going to do something like that. Well, why would you test something that's actually illegal um, unless you were planning on actually cheating? So, I mean, the team members, I think, come out and said that it was a mistake. Though we in the office go... Um, Either you, either you admit to cheating or you admit to incompetence. I don't, I don't know. We, we don't know which one's the worst. Um, and I'm, I'm, but I'm not in any stretch of my saying that FPR are cheating, right? But okay, the, the, the obvious other thing was incompetence. It's back to the FPR of old. That's not good. Um, but my understanding was it was fairly cold over in New Zealand. It was, it was colder than here, and maybe someone said that the, keeping the brakes up in temperature can actually keeps the heat in the tyres. Yep, and, yeah, that's um, true. And so that was uh, what someone told me uh, could have been the intention. 
if you were cheating. Now, um, uh, like I said, Tim said that there was just they were just in, well, yeah, it was a stuff up, right? I, I'm not the guy. I don't fit brakes. So I don't know how you stuff up on this stuff. Um, it was interesting how uh, Dick Johnson Racing went to the stewards on it. They didn't admit fault that it was the stewards' inquiry about the whole thing. So yeah. my understanding is, shouldn't they get a worse penalty than what FPR got? Well, but it sounds like um, if they were cheating, I'm not suggesting they were, but if they were, then both outfits were hedging their bets by having a 2-1 scenario with their cars. Yeah, well, it was both of FPRs. Yeah, but it wasn't so called maybe they <laughs> Maybe they cheated incompetently. Who knows? Paul Dumbrell's cars. Yeah, that's the thing. Paul Dumbrell's car wasn't screwed up. Yeah. Courtney's car wasn't screwed up, although Courtney had his share of problems in the Sunday race. Yeah, but what? Neither was. What, who's the other? Um, Webb. Uh, Webb. Webb. Mm. Webb's wasn't. They only did. Supposedly, two, only two on one, one of the, only one of the DJS cars was screwed up, right? And two of and, the um, But two cars. of the FPR cars. Now, it kind of makes you think, okay, it's a, it's a stuff-up. No, they weren't cheating. All right. Now, one guy that, uh, well, he, don't worry about cheating or anything like that. He is at the absolute pinnacle of his game, and that is one J-Dub Winkup. He is uh, absolutely unbelievable. Just watching the way he's driving at the moment is, is fantastic. And full of confidence, wasn't afraid to let Tanda pass him in race one and sit behind him, save for some fuel, and then really hammer him in the uh, final leg of that race. In uh, race eight, he was just dominant again. It's it's really good to see someone driving at that level, isn't it, Gary? It is, and it also helps when you've got those people in the pit lane that are helping you along the way as well, because uh, he was turned around quick and uh, put him in a position to uh, to race hard, and uh, I think he's kinder on his cars too, because he's... Uh, he seems to be uh, have more tyre life than the other guys, and uh, also the the fuel strategy seems to be working better for him. Nev, your thoughts on Jamie Winkup at the moment? Well, he's driving like a champion. I mean, he you know they have a thing called champion's luck, and I remember when Scafe was on the top of his game, and even when he got tangled up with other cars, he seemed to be able to come out of it practically unscathed. Um, and, and like there was a term, champion's luck, and Jamie is just. He almost can't do anything wrong. Um, and like you said, he he's very confident. He's so confident that he, Gary was right. He just let Garth go by because he felt that I'm going to get him through strategy or whatever. I mean, it's not just the driver. The pit crew is just on it as well. I mean, some other teams had some very ordinary pit stops, and that's what put them behind the eight ball. But it just seems Team Vodafone can just, pull out those quick pit stops and it's it's methodical and, and it's just they're just a well-oiled machine and so it's a combination it's a sum of all its parts it's greater if you if you know what i mean and it's just like wow you know they're, they're just a monster team yeah they and are, would have been a perfect record um apart from a what well, unfortunate set of circumstances at the clips all mm. he- yes yes but also it just showed you how good uh, Jamie's driving compared to where you see Craig qualifying or racing and we all know how good Craig Lowndes is but Jamie's Jamie's just he's just a notch above Mm, he is indeed now Garth Tander didn't do a lot of things wrong he made 
he made his uh, mistake, of course, and that uh, handed the race back to Wing Cup. But uh, really, you're looking at two drivers with really good equipment. You have to say that the uh, the hogs at Team Vodafone are turning the cars around slightly better than the uh, chickens over there at the Red Rooster HRT. But, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you really are seeing two drivers at their pinnacle going hammer and tongs at each other. And, uh, and you know that they have got uh, a lot of respect but are absolute cunning competitors. Well... I'm not too sure we were leading on this one, Craig, but yeah, I mean, Garth, you could see, was just driving, he was driving, he was almost overdriving the car as it showed, um, and just Garth being Garth, kept it on the, the black stuff and finished where he did, but oh man, he was going as hard as he could just to keep up with these cars, and this is what this is what shows how good Jamie and the equipment and the team is going at Team Vodafone, is by how hard Garth's going, and we all know Garth's you know, top-notch as well, but he is just, he's, you know, he's just hanging on sometimes. Yeah, almost on the ragged edge. Yes. Well, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. There's still one more thing I've got to talk about and gas and go. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Neville Wilkinson from V8X Magazine and Gary O'Brien from Auto Action joining me, Craig Ravel. And guys, just ahead of Gas and Go, Scafey in the uh, Sydney Morning Herald, Steve Hotley had a, an interesting article. I'm, I'm hoping they both had a chance to have a look at it because uh, it was a leak SWOT analysis for V8 supercars and one of the few times that there's been any weaknesses that have been publicly identified or or even privately identified that have leaked out on the series at the moment. And uh, I was interested, uh, conflicts of interest and self-interest were two of the biggest weaknesses the series got. Nev? Well, there was a lot of things. I mean, we all, we all kind of know there's a little bit of self-interest and a bit of conflict of interest going on, especially the self-interest. Um, you know, teams are out there to, to beat each other. As Howard Marson, the late great Howard Marson said, Motorsport is war. When you when you're out there, you want to beat every other team at every means at your disposal. So of course there's self-interest going on. You'd be crazy not to think that. Um, I got the thing. I mean, I looked at you know the biggest thing for me was they're saying that the sponsors aren't happy. The sponsors involved in the sport is supposedly the middle management. There's an issue with middle management looking after sponsors. Sponsors are a bit disgruntled um, and. And, you know, to me, that's, that was really the honest aspect. But um, I know some journos that tackled Coco uh, at, the, um, at, at New Zealand, and we've got a story going on in VHX that Coco's really saying that uh, it was a SWOT analysis done nearly a year ago, and it was Scaife's own opinion. So they're putting it back on the Mark Scaife, but then that just makes it, well, Mark Scaife is already an independent board member, so that kind of means he's, you know it's kind of official that it is a V8 supercar thing. Yeah, Gary, what were your thoughts on that? Well, initially I thought, 
I, the story I read was written by Jeff Harris and uh, um, ably backed up by Peter McKay. So you got two guys there that have been pretty anti-V8 supercars from the very beginning and um, will look at any chance they can to, uh, to, to, to stick the knife in, I guess, for a better way of putting it. But as Nev said, self-interest uh, doesn't just cover motor racing either. You know, it's you get, you've got a combination like here in Sydney, you know, NRL, we're all working to make the, the sport a better sport, but they also want to win. So they want to beat the other teams, and it's the same in, in motorsport as well. So from that aspect, you're always going to have self-interest. And, I mean, it's part and parcel. Mm. It's interesting, though. Uh, on the sponsorship side that you raised, Nev, now you work very closely with Big Pond at the, the V8 Supercar website. Have you been getting any feeling from them? In regards to... In regards to not being happy with their... Oh, but there's always, there's always this bit of, you know, we've got to improve things and stuff like that. Um, I think it's not so much that side, um, because it's basically the guys at Big Pond Sports who I deal with, it's just about producing something that... Um, a product... And getting it's more about the sponsorship and the marketing people, which is another area, which is an area I'm not really uh, involved in a lot of. I mean, the the, the, the report said Big Pond were uh, unhappy with the with Fair Supercars middle management and stuff like that. I can't remember the exact line, but Big Pond were Big Pond were named in in it. So um, obviously, someone knows some people within Big Pond and they've been told that uh, Big Pond aren't exactly happy with what's going on. What that is exactly, oh, I'm not actually privy to. Well, everyone's still happy with the V8 supercar website, Nev, so... Well, we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, it's Gas and Go time. Gas and Go time. Hey, it's brought to you by V8X Magazine. Get the FPR cover and your uh, armour oil calendar on sale now because the new one is, what, three, four weeks away, Nev? Uh, it comes out on sale on the 5th of May. 5th of May, two weeks yeah, so away. you're talking to probably two weeks, two, yes. two weeks away. All right, so get this one now and you'll be up to date with everything that's going on in the next one, two weeks away. Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Magazine. Now, the rules of the game, are, and we're running overtime here, so it is three minutes, five questions, starting with Gary O'Brien. Scafey says V8 supercars are absolutely headed in the right direction. Do you agree? Nev? Yes. Queensland and Winton have enduro practice sessions. Is that enough now for teams when they can't pair the main drivers together to uh, make sure we still have a spectacular race, Nev? Uh, whether they, whether, no, you can give the guys 10 days on the track and they still say they don't have enough time. So uh, in the scheme of things, yeah, they're professionals. They should be able to get it. Gary? Yes, I agree. Um, they do enough miles at whether they be in those sorts of cars or similar. In a letter to V8 Supercars Australian, Kevin Todashini, I hope I got the name right, from, uh, from Tasmania, asks, when will V8 Supercar management stop letting Channel 7 dictate when they see uh, their sport? Gary? Uh, never. <laughs> I'm the same with Gary. The only time the V8 Supercars are going to totally dictate what uh, the television is is when Channel 7 stopped paying them 80 or $75 million or $100 million or it could be one, you know. <laughs> Whoever, the golden rule is who has the gold, they're the ones that make the rules. Scafey says the sport's at risk because of self-interest and conflict, uh, uh, conflicts of interest. So how can they change their inbred ways? Nev? Well... 
Scafi said that was a threat. He didn't say that was, you know, it's a potential threat. Um, how they change their ways? Uh, if they go a totally independent board, so no team owners, even, and I'm talking almost in SEL including in that because they're uh, owners of the business. If you have a totally independent board, that will then think point the point the sport, the good of the sport, not the good of the self-interest of a team. All right, Gary. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, yes, totally, totally uh, non-aligned in any way, shape, or form, and uh, working at a marketing the the whole um, aspect of the uh, sport. Okay, now the final question. Uh, Of course, with the Gold Coast launch this week, is the new Indy Formula going to be a winner? Gary? Uh, Well, I haven't seen it, but I'll say it will be. Nev? Well, it's a winner for V8 Supercars. Hopefully, it's a winner for the Queensland Government. I'm actually quite interested in how it's going to turn out. At first, I thought I poo-pooed it a bit, but looking at some of the guys uh, racing there... Uh, I've got a certain level of interest, so I'm actually I'm actually swinging over the other way a bit on this one. You're getting this bit big Kev. I'm feeling it a bit. Yeah, big Kev, not big hair Nev, but he's, <laughs> uh, he's getting excited. That's Gas and Go for another week on the V8 Insiders, brought to you by V8X Magazine. Gary, always a pleasure to catch up with you, and it's great to have you on the show. It has been, and we'll look forward to seeing you again shortly. We will do indeed. Nev, uh, all the best weird deadline for V8X Magazine, and I'm sure it's going to be a cracker. Thanks, Craig. Uh, good to talk to you, Gary. And yeah, thanks, for li- thanks for listening. As the checkered flag waves over this edition of the Van Insiders, until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.